Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Screaming Cinema Podcast. Uh, we are ready to uh, play a game uh, with you guys this week. Play all the games, uh, for better or worse. We are back with a brand new uh, theatrical film. Uh, great to get back in the theater, uh, I do have to say. But uh, we are going to be reviewing the latest entry in the Saw series. Uh, and we, of course, are talking about Spiral. So I uh, can't wait to get down to the nitty gritty of all that. I am one of your hosts, as always, Tyler, and joining me on the other side of the mic is my other co-host, Max, as always. How's it going, Max? Hey, it's good. Yeah, I was excited. Tyler and I got to uh, go see this on, what did we see? It was Saturday night or Saturday late afternoon. So Saturday um, evening, yeah. Yeah, it was a smaller theater that we are in, but there was a decent amount of people there, so it was kind of fun to see it with the crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I enjoyed like I I think that was the first true mainstream horror film I've seen in the theater in almost a year. So it was it was awesome. But uh, he is um, the Mark Hoffman uh, to my Peter Strom. Uh, it's James Cole Clay. How's it going, buddy? Hello. It's going. <laughs> it's going well. It's good. Um, I figured I would come to you guys in my real voice tonight. <laughs> Yeah, the sooner you stop doing that, it'll it'll be good. But um, <laughs> but uh, when did you see this movie? Called you see it yesterday? I saw it yesterday. Yes. Yeah, and uh, you have uh, a little story that uh, you got interrupted yeah, in the in the yeah. middle of the movie. But uh, yeah, um, I don't know what you guys uh, have been up to this week, but uh, I uh, have been watching a few, a few things, uh, both horror and non horror related. But uh, I guess I'll get into. A few of them. Um, yeah, do it. Yeah, first of all, uh, for a horror uh, horror pick, uh, I don't know where I saw um, this movie um, advertised, but uh, it was somewhere on my socials, and someone called it like, I hate found footage movies, but I actually love this movie, and that kind of piqued my interest. Um, and so I immediately looked it up, uh, it's for free on Tubi. Um, and so I decided to give it a watch uh, randomly. Uh, I'm talking about a film called Horror in the High Desert. Either of you two ever heard of this? I hadn't until you posted about it uh, today. So I was like, man, interesting. Because I like, I like the found footage movies that do original things, but not just the, you know, I only have a $20,000 budget found footage movies. <laughs> like Paranormal Activity? <laughs> no, I haven't heard of this yeah. one. Okay, well, uh, it's it's definitely interesting because like most of the film is not found footage. Like most of the film is kind of like a uh, you know type like a a, a mockumentary type. Uh, I almost felt like I was watching an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but but that's not a bad thing because I love Unsolved Mysteries and I like kind of the format uh, that it brings. Uh, I always felt like Unsolved Mysteries had this very foreboding, uh, you know just sense of dread, not only from that fucking creepy theme music that still scars me, uh, you know, to this day, uh, and kept me awake at, at, you know, late at night as a kid. But, uh, I don't know, just something was very creepy about those interviews and, and just how they were portrayed. But, uh, I digress. Uh, so this film basically, uh, follows, uh, the interviews of family and friends of this guy, uh, this kind of outdoors uh, type guy 
very into hiking and fishing and hunting and, you know, exploring. And uh, he lives uh, around the uh, Nevada high desert. And uh, basically he goes missing uh, in the high desert of Nevada. And like his sister and his roommate and stuff are all kind of giving their account of what happened and theories as to, you know, may have what happened to him. And sprinkled throughout, we get uh, kind of the found footage uh, of this guy, Gary, uh, and kind of his uh, his adventure, you know, of, you know, kind of going in and out uh, of the desert, like, you know, what he's been doing. And then I guess kind of what kind of sets this apart from all the other kind of mockumentary, you know, found footage is, you know, basically it's it's like an episode of unsolved mysteries if you truly found out like what happened uh to the victim i was getting mad about that i love unsolved mysteries but i want them to be solved mysteries (laughs) yeah exactly but uh i'm not going to give away any spoilers or like the ending or whatever but uh it definitely has uh a a pretty cool ending uh i i will say that uh definitely cool uh a little anticlimactic but um but still, I think it's a pretty solid. Uh, you can definitely tell it's very, very low budget. But uh, you know, it definitely does the the best with you know what it has, and uh, you know, it's it's got some good stuff there. So uh, it's on Tubi for free. So watch it All if right. you get a chance. And um, I know I've talked about it uh, on the pod before, but I'm gonna go over it again. Uh, I watched season one of The Boys not too long ago, but now I'm on season two. <laughs> that show is fucking awesome uh it's just it's so great to see uh kind of your comic book superhero films uh you know basically just not giving a fuck and uh just showing everything blood sex uh you know everything that you'd want uh in an adult uh superhero show uh, the boys constantly uh, just tops uh, episode after episode, but uh, yeah, I need to pick that back up. I got halfway through season one, and, and something just came up, but I loved everything I watched, and I just need to like press play again, you know? Yeah, um, and uh, Eric Eric Kripke, uh, who a lot of people know from Supernatural, uh, is the uh, I, I think the creator and uh, executive producer, and Jensen Ackles is actually going to be uh, on the Boys season. Three, oh, really? Uh, All right, next, yeah, he plays. Uh, Soldier Boy, who I guess is kind of a parody of, of uh, Captain America, which I'm really excited about. Wow! Because uh, I don't know. It's it's good. I think I'm all caught up. So it's it, it's you are. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's good. I love it. That's good. It's a great show. Yeah, it is. Uh, very very graphic. Very graphic. But uh, you know, if you dig that kind of stuff, uh, you'll you'll love it. Uh, last but not least, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I started watching this, uh, in the last week, but, uh, I, for the first time in probably over a decade, uh, have been rewatching, uh, this brings me back to my high school. Once again, uh, I'm a fool for nostalgia. Uh, I've been watching Jackass a lot nice. <laughs> lately. Jackass four coming like, out. Like, uh, Yes, which is what drove me to start watching it yeah. because I read an article that Johnny Knoxville, uh, an, an interview he gave about four, uh, and I was just like, you know, fuck it. I haven't watched those movies uh, in so long, uh, and I turned it on, and then my high school just immature teenage boy uh, spirit came rumbling back. Uh, Love it. With the poop jokes and, uh, you know, all the immaturity that the jackass guys bring, but uh, they're fucking hilarious. Um 
I still remember watching Jackass number two in the theater in college, and it was it was a sold out showing. I've never heard more people just dying laughing, like like almost on the floor, just like that laugh that like you can't almost catch your breath. Uh, that was one of the greatest. Uh, movie going experiences I've I've ever had, but uh, yeah, I, I I still like to go in and and revisit those and, and you know see uh, you know all the hilarity that uh, you know those I, guys bring. Dude, they've aged very well. It somehow Jackass has <laughs> aged well. It's never gotten old. It it really has, and yep. you know what? A, a a lot of people kind of look down on 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 Jackass, but those guys are fucking geniuses for what they do because yep. they they really did pioneer like this new form of like entertainment of just like shock value and like the hidden camera stuff and i mean they were doing it long before a lot of other people you know these days are are, are doing now it. we have bad mm-hmm. bad trip which if you haven't seen it it's on netflix it's awesome oh, I, haven't I haven't seen it seen, i haven't it, seen bad it's trip. awesome you have to watch it it's so good so really? good yes better than bad grandpa awesome. all that stuff That'd be a good follow-up uh, after you finish uh, the uh, Jackass Canon. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I'm 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 pumped for four. Uh, I'll definitely watch it. Uh, I'm really interested to see how those guys are like a decade older than you know when they last shot all this. Uh, how they how they handle everything, but uh, <laughs> you know, should be fun. Um, I've been watching a ton of review copies, catching up on stuff that I had. So I'll just breeze through a couple non horrors that I watched recently. Um, a lot of them from labels that are do horror stuff, but, uh, final countdown is a movie that's came out from a blue underground in 4k. It's got Kirk Douglas captains, a, uh, aircraft carrier, uh, from 1980, go back in a storm that takes them to Pearl Harbor hours before the attack from Japan on it. It's just kind of like, what what do you do? Like, is this actually happening? Like they see zero, uh, Japanese zero planes coming in and it's kind of cool. It really highlights just how cool aircraft carriers are. So in the eighties, it probably was cool seeing like the planes take off and, uh, you know, a lot of that. So just a solid, you know, war historical film. If, uh, if you're into that, the 4k looks really nice on it. Um, I watched drive a nice uh, little action, uh, movie in the vein of uh, rush hour, uh, has uh, Mark Dukakis and uh, Kadeem Hardison and Brittany Murphy in a hilarious role. Um, just plays like this hotel manager that's trying to like bang bang these dudes. <laughs> it's the most random character ever, but it's like full blown action, just nonstop the entire time. So um, that's coming out from MVD. I watched a horrible Liam Neeson movie called The Marksman. So if this comes to free somewhere, do not watch it. <laughs> it's like Liam Neeson runs a. Um, a farm or right on the border of uh, Mexico and he'll like occasionally call in like illegal immigrants and he plays like a wannabe uh, Clint Eastwood character where he just has some really funny interactions with the, the cartel when one, someone escapes onto his property and he decides to, uh, to try to help out. So um, I was expecting a lot more on that just cause it's like Liam Neeson and like a revenge action movie. But that one um, didn't really deliver for me. <laughs> Man, I, I watched. I I took a stab at a Liam Neeson action movie about six months ago, with a Blu-ray release of Honest Thief with Jai Courtney. Oh, starring, I got that uh, review copy. And <laughs> did you watch it? You no. You had me lost at Jai Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jai Courtney, but whatever. <clears throat> um, Captain Boomerang, uh, you mean? 
the Captain Boomerang. Yeah, uh, the oh Captain. Boomerang, no, which, I didn't. Which I, which I am actually glad that he's back in the Suicide Squad. Okay, I see, think. yeah, because because I think I think James Gunn will do a lot more for for him Dude. than uh, you know he was he was getting. I I, I like anyway. We're going on another James digression. Yeah, yeah, I know. Digression, no. but uh, but. No, no, I was just going to say I was going to pass on the marksman. <laughs> yeah, well, good good call. A good action movie I watched that's on Amazon Prime that actually uh, went to check out after we saw the trailer in theaters with uh, Michael B. Jordan called Without Remorse. It's like a Tom Clancy oh, yeah, um, kind of film. Dude, like it has bad reviews online, but I was into it. I was like, this is the best action movie I've seen in like two years. Really cool. Like, you know, espionage stuff. He's a, he's a Navy SEAL. His wife gets killed and they just send him on a, you know, mission to get to the bottom of it and to, and to just pretty much be insane. He has this, like one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen where he's trying to get information from someone. He slams his pickup truck into them at Dulles airport. He pulls out a gas can, he lights the car on fire, and then he goes into the car and starts uh, interrogating the guy in there. Oh. Like, I don't care. So he shoots his leg, the car's breaking, he's like, you need to tell me now, and then just trying to get information, and like he pops out at the end right before it explodes and just goes to jail because he just, wow. I need to kill this guy that got my wife killed. So um, that's a cool one. Uh, last uh, non, I mean, it may be horror, but on HBO Max, Mayor of Easttown. Have you either of you guys seen this? No, is it rad? Yeah, so good. Kate Winslet plays a detective in uh, like a sleepy Pennsylvania town where some murders happen and they start to get kind of linked. But her performance is definitely, if it did happen, Golden Globe worthy for that. She just kind of plays this, you know, broken, shitty detective at just you know, can't catch a break. And it's a really cool kind of backstory where you actually realize like detectives are real people and stuff that's going on in her life. So um, would definitely recommend um that one i'll I'll skip the rest because i have a ton that i watched i wanted to talk about one that uh you and i both watched cool i think you might have watched too tyler those who wish me dead with angelina jolie that just dropped on uh, hbo max uh, this last weekend yep i watched it okay i did not uh you you guys turned me off of watching it after after talking about (sighs) it i was so mad he's taylor sheridan i mean he's written some great things wind river was freaking awesome And this is a movie where, I mean, I think our text chain is, we could probably just read our text chain, but Angelina Jolie plays a parachuting firefighter who's supposed to be like a character that, you know, like a badass uh, action chick would play that's more rugged. Um, She's like cussing, gets drunk, gets kicked off the, her force to get stuck in a, uh, a watchtower as her job. And so she's just, you know, hanging out in a watchtower runs across a kid who's getting chased due to some uh, intelligence secret that his dad, um, was releasing. And it just kind of mixes some fire, some action, you know, things like that. But it just, her, her performance and her placement in the role, like she never had a chance to, to make it a good movie. She's just no. star power to get to see it. I think they released it theatrically and I want to say it gross, like nothing. Yeah. It, like literally nothing. It, it really doesn't know what to do with her. I mean, cause yeah, she's like parachuting off of a truck, yep. getting hammered, cussing for sure. And then whenever the shit cussing to this kid too, yeah. it's so awkward. Then when the shit hits the fan, she does nothing in the movie. Yep. So that was it. Yep. But John Bernthal it's, it's all is really good. He's great. Yep. He is. He's really good in him. it. And it's all about her, her haunted past of having kids die on her watch. And she's 
putting out a forest fire. So, I mean, just, just the story in general, I don't think warranted uh, a feature length, uh, you know, <laughs> theatrical movie. And yeah. then in addition to that, you need to get a different character to play the lead that that's more believable as that you just see like her, you know, her big injected lips and big boobs. And it's just like, this character doesn't make any sense None. for, for, for what we're doing here. No, <laughs> she's not, she's not a Montana, um, <laughs> little fingers and firefighter. It, Little fingers in it for a minute, for a while. Yes, he's the main villain. Yeah, yeah, because that whole intelligence plot doesn't amount to shit. It means nothing. No, no, and, and that's why I was kind of like, oh, cool. Maybe we'll, you know, find out. My my favorite part that I wanted to shit on it about was um, his dad dies. Everyone that he knows dies, besides his aunt, who is very well alive and has a baby. And at the end of it, Angelina Jolie is talking to him and he goes my dad's gone. What's going to happen? What are we going to do? She's like, I have no idea, but we'll get it figured out. Not like, Hey bro, you still have an aunt. Maybe, you know, you want to go, go live with her and not (laughs) be an orphan. But I don't know, man, it was just kind of a shitty movie. Would you guys say, uh, instead maybe watch uh, firestorm with Howie long. Would that be the better, (laughs) uh, forest fire? Or, (laughs) or only the brave with, uh, Josh Brolin. That was okay. I always I go to backdraft for, for my is, firefighter movies. Howie Long is really in, like, a, is he the lead? He is the lead character, lead hero uh, in in Firestorm. It's pure late 90s uh, direct-to-video gold. Post-Broken um, Arrow? You, yes. Oh you know what I can't God. figure out, though? This Those those Who Wish Me Dead's got three on Letterbox, six out of ten on IMBD, 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, so, like, Everyone thinks it's you know better than better than the Saw movie, better than Mortal Kombat, better than I don't think so a ton of stuff which which I just can't figure out. So it's it's you know got good reviews. I just don't know how. <laughs> so maybe Cole and I are wrong. Maybe I kind of want to see Firestorm now. <laughs> Dude, it has Scott Glenn, yeah. William Forsyth. It actually has decent <laughs> some very pepper. Yeah, it's 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 cheesy as fuck, but uh, you know it's 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 entertaining. Uh, I might have to find it on uh, VHS. Oh man, but yeah, that's all I had for this time. I'll save a couple more for for uh, next episode. All right. Well, let's see. I mean, I have a lot of review stuff too, um, and I found it on VHS that fast. The internet's amazing. Uh, (laughs) So let me look at my letterbox. So I mean, I I really got caught up on a lot of things that were coming out. Woman in the Window, I watched that on Netflix. Ooh, I, I watched the first thirty minutes and rough. My wife's like, I don't want to watch this. I was like, I agree. Rough, <laughs> rough, rough. Um, it was bad. I, I think I talked about Wrath of Man on the last podcast, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so, so I saw that. Guy Ritchie. Yeah, that was great. Um, I what? Eh, the Mauritanian. That's not remotely related to what uh, horror is, but I watched Switchblade Sisters. Um, I got it from Arrow. And I did not like it at all. I was appalled by that movie. <laughs> I, I did. Max, did you see the whole thing? No, I got partway through it. Same thing. I'm just kind of like, I had so much stuff stacked up that I was like, I felt like I was just watching movies just that I had to watch and wasn't enjoying it. So I just watched part of it. I was like, man, not for me. I'm going to switch to yeah. something else. I've heard, I've heard really, really negative things about it. Um, I've never watched it personally yeah. either. It's uh, I thought I wrote it was gross and repetitive. I mean, there's a lot of rape and the way the girls talk. Remember Max, the main girl? She talks with yep. clenched teeth the whole time. Yep. It's really annoying. So, yeah, I, I, that was one that I thought was – I did not like it. So, 
Um, and then let's see, I watched, man. Oh, I, I'll tell you one that I watched that was interesting was a uh, stowaway. That's on Netflix. Have you ever heard about stowaway with Anna Kendrick and Tony Collette and Daniel day Kim? Yep. From yeah, I, I watched it. Oh yeah. Um, definitely check that one out. Um, interesting movie. Kind of just go in knowing as little as possible. Um, and then I added, that's what um, I did. The I new, didn't watch the trailer. Have you seen it? You've seen stowaway? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even watch the trailer. I went into it, and yeah, I, I thought it was good. It just it has a problem with the Netflix movies that they buy, or those ones that don't get the theatrical release. It's just because I feel like it just ends. Yeah, you know, that's just that's kind of what random, happened. Like, it just kind of ended, and I was like, wait, that's it. But it's yep. a, it's an interesting but, movie. Uh, some of the dialogue is really well done. Anna Kendrick is pretty good. Yep. But the yeah, one, she does a good job. The one I really want to talk about really quick here. I haven't seen it yet. It's called Oxygen. It's the new Alexandra Aja movie. Um, who did yes, Crawl, it's, it's Hills Have Eyes, Piranha. Yeah, um, I, I love this guy's movies. Um, high Tension, Horns. I think I already said Horns. So I'm going to watch that really soon. And then as far as review stuff, I, I bought a bunch of movies. I bought Fast Times at Ridgemont High on Criterion. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, it was really cool. And then, let's see. I, I don't really think, I, I, I haven't watched the final countdown yet. Oh, oh, here it is, right in front of me. The one I wanted to really talk about. I got the 12 Monkeys um steelbook from arrow and i'm not super familiar with this movie um i saw it maybe 2005 2006 and hadn't seen it since but i uh, mean it was really smooth it was it really made more sense than i thought it was going to have you guys seen 12 monkeys no oh, i've yeah. heard i've heard good things about it and i wanted oh, yeah. to see it so what? i was just waiting for the uh, steelbook to come out to check it out so this i don't know when this comes out but i think it might come out sometime in june i don't know um, but it was it was really good, um, really good. I mean, Bruce Willis was incredible, honestly. I mean, Bruce Willis was great. Um, really wanted Bruce Willis and and Brad and, and Brad, and Brad Pitt, Pitt and Madeline are, Stowe. Are awesome, good. In it. uh, yeah. It's a Madeline Stowe. It's a good one. Um, David Morris, very creepy. Um, but it, it, you know, it's a time travel movie, but it doesn't get too bogged down on its own premise. It doesn't like Terry Gilliam really weaves it. I mean, this is his hot streak right here you know after brazil and yeah. fisher king i mean this one it was really good i i, I liked it Ty, tyler what, what what's the deal with this movie what's this movie's reputation i mean i definitely think when it was released in the 90s like it definitely didn't get as much fanfare uh i think as it has now um you know i i I think like a lot of critics liked it, but I don't think a lot of people like it. it I don't think it 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 had a lot of staying power, uh, you know, with audiences, yeah. and and it. I I think frankly that it kind of like confused a lot of moviegoers yeah. and just kind of was was too too complicated. But um, you know, the more times that I've watched it, I catch things that I didn't see the first time. Uh, and, you know, kind of built uh, on that, you know, mythology that it builds on. And it, it really works for me. Cool. Um, I think it's I think it's great. Um, I think, um, you know, the you know cinematography is beautiful. Uh, just, uh, you know, Terry Gilliam always has just a knack for just creating these worlds and universes that are just otherworldly. And, uh, you know, I think it speaks the you know, one of the greatest, you know, in this film. So, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, it has this it. like pre matrix kind of feel. I mean, I mean, it is, it yeah. is pre matrix, but like, you know, matrix is such a bombshell. It just kind of, you know, kind of feels like it, the primordial ooze of what the matrix was kind of 
you know, in terms of just the aesthetics of it more. So is what I'm thinking about in the camera. I can, I can see that. So I, I sure. liked it. I liked it. So you're saying that it's one that people should just stew on and just kind of watch. That's kind of what I would think is like, you know, I'm going to watch this one every couple of years. Um, I, I thought it was really interesting. I think, I think for people who watched it once and didn't really enjoy it, I would say maybe give it another shot because like, yeah. I think it's much more clever and just has a lot going on in it that I think that you'll um, appreciate. And frankly, it's pretty damn sad. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, very it's, sad. It's, it's not a happy movie no. at all. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I actually enjoy those kind of movies. So, here. Um, yeah, definitely watch. So, yeah, that that's what I watched. Uh, and then I'm going to just rep a random movie called North Hollywood about skateboarding. It's really good. But 12 Monkeys is the one that um, I thought was really interesting. So I've, I've been trying to watch a lot of stuff since I got back from California. So I succeeded. Awesome. And man, I want to see Army of the Dead so bad. I know. Same. I'm excited. I'd- Same. We're definitely going to talk about that uh, more in depth uh, on the next episode because I think we were all going to try to go watch it in theaters and then you know we got busy and we all kind of had to go watch Spiral uh, at some yeah. point. So that kind of took up our time. But yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you had a, a fun little experience with, oh, with Spiral, didn't you, Cole? Yeah, let me let me talk about this. Um, so, so yeah, so yesterday I was just trying to cram in time to go find Spiral. I just getting back into town's been intense, and so we went. We went to the 4:30, pouring down rain in Houston. Like I'm talking flash flood. So, uh, you know, I hopped into my truck with my beautiful partner and, uh, we went to the movies, paid five seventy five for two matinee tickets to spiral at a very nice theater where we sat in very nice recliners, got the popcorn, cherry Coke, M&M, Sour Patch Kids. I mean, we were fucking living, dude. We were living. It was the first Love time I've, I've been, first time I've been back with, um, to the movies with Erica and since onward is the last thing I think we saw together. And that's how I felt. Yeah. I really fell in love with her at the movies. She really saw a lot of cool. Anyway, it's a personal thing for me and her. So (laughs) we're watching the movie. We're vibing, we're chilling and two thirds into the movie. The movie's already started 20 minutes late. It cuts out completely. And I, I thought it was because when movies start, they go on a timer and since it started late, you know, then the lights come up automatically, you know, that'll happen. And at press screenings that's happened when studios haven't sent the movies or something like that late. Um, so I was like, okay, let's just wait, let this wait, wait it out. Um, and then 45 minutes later it came back. So we actually have a special guest, uh, on the podcast tonight. Uh, he's a good buddy of Cole. Uh, he writes, uh, for freshfiction.tv as well as the Denton record Chronicle. Uh, we welcome Preston Barda to the podcast. How's it going, Preston? It's going well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Always, always good to have another voice on, on the podcast, but, uh, yeah. Um, when did you see spiral this last week? I saw it uh, last week. They sent me a screener, so I didn't get to see it in the theater. But uh, I have watched it twice. Oh, nice! <laughs> I don't. I don't know. In the comfort of my own home. I don't know if I'd watch it twice, <laughs> but I I have reasons. To. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
But Probably the Q and A. Yeah, exactly. That, that's that's exactly. Yeah, it. yeah. I I I figured as much. But uh, you know, for the pure hell of it, just watching. Uh, I don't know if that's a Saw movie I'd want to put on in the in the near future again. But uh, we'll just talk about Saw two at the Q and A that I'm doing. Yes, <laughs> yes. Saw Saw two and three. I I believe Trump this one uh, quite a bit. But uh, yeah, we can't wait to. Uh, to you know dive deep into uh the world of spiral with you guys for sure did you know that they changed the title of it that it's spiral colon saw now mm-hmm. they, they removed all the book of stuff. oh really yeah man interesting what yeah, they, they changed they changed it over the weekend because it wasn't doing so well because it was spiral from the book of saw that's like the same thing that happened with uh, harley quinn it got changed yep. from the emancipation to just Harley Quinn or whatever. Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn. Birds of Prey, yeah, right. Birds of, yeah. yeah. I yeah. like the stupid title. I do too. I like the long stupid titles. <laughs> like I I don't know. I kind of thought like Spiral from, from the, the Book of Saw gave it like a little bit of like relevancy <laughs> almost, you know? Yeah. So it's called yeah. Spiral Saw. Yeah, but it know? doesn't there's no yeah. book of anything. Not Saw Spiral. There's or no Spiral from the cheek of jigsaw <laughs> right they barely discuss john kramer so he, he's got they got a picture of him that is yeah it. well we're dude there's so much to say i can't wait this is gonna I be know. cool this is gonna be cool yeah it'll be awesome can't wait all right well let's get into uh the topic of the hour uh let's talk about spiral guys um So uh, this is the latest uh, film entry, of course, in the Saw series. This is the ninth film uh, in the total series. Um, Man, I feel like this, you know, this film series, uh, didn't it release literally every single year for like six or seven straight years? Isn't that right? Like every Halloween. 2004 to 2005. 2005 was Saw 2. 2003 was Saw 6. Or 2006 was Saw 3. Yeah, I have 2007 it up right here. was it Saw went straight 4 all the way through 2010, 2010. until Saw 3D kind of uh, put the nail in the coffin there until we came back with Jigsaw almost a decade later. Man, do you guys remember cuz I know Tyler, Preston and I around 2010 we all lived in the same area. Do you guys remember them having all those 3D showings at the Rave Cinema and how big 3D was 10 years ago? Uh, yeah. Man, the rave theater was really pushing that hard. And anyway, it, it's just so wild to see that come back around. And I, I it probably will come back around again in probably. the next 10 years. So, I, I'm ready for TVs to be able to show it without glasses. Once they get oh, that I tech, then, then I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I just remember Saw 3D just like well, really he, putting a nail in the coffin for sure. Oh, yeah. It, it is. In Green Hornet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Saw 3D uh, is by far the worst in the in the series, in yes. in, in my humble opinion. Uh, the acting, uh, the story, the incoherency of it all. But uh, um, but yeah, this literally got uh, you know this series got you know released every Halloween. Uh, you know, I think they even put that like in the in the in the advertisements. Like it's not Halloween, you know, without Saw, which yeah. you know I always kind of like. But uh, but yeah, the <laughs> the. The uh, 3D aspect uh, of of Saw 3D, uh, God, it was hokey. It was so hokey. Um, it, 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 and you know what? I know like a lot of horror films at the time, like 
did it right. Like my bloody Valentine in 3d that was, you know, released, I think about a year earlier. That was okay. I, I thought that was really cool in 3d. Like, I think that's yeah, kind of what kicked it off. Right. All the piranha. Yeah. 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 Piranha 3d. But it was like, I, I don't know. It was like 2007, 2008. I think when that started happening again, maybe with like transformers. Avatar. Yeah. Avatar. Yeah, yeah. That was big. It had to have been avatar. But that's what I like. I mean, I like what they did to make it spiral, not Saw, you know, 9 or whatever they're going to do. Because by the time you got to Saw, I think it was 4, you were like, how the fuck are they going to do this? Like, or how, how are they going to do this? Like, this guy's dead. And then right. it's like his they disciple. And then second disciple. And then, oh, he's not dead. Or he, like, had laid out some plan for his. It's, like, impossible to try to follow that logic. So I'm glad they just kind of, you know, did, did a one-off uh, kind of Saw-like uh, a film. So. Well, it's a it's a soap opera. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's just like totally soapy. It, it's it's ridiculous. Um, and I I don't know. I think the movies kind of lean into it a little bit. I don't sure. think that they're I don't think that they're like having a sense of humor or tongue in cheek or anything. But uh, total, I think total they de- torture porn too in the early two well, thousands. It's like well, let's just go to see people get in horrible situations and get mutilated. Well, it gets to the point that, I mean, okay, so before we get into like the, the nuances of what do you guys think of the series and like, did you see them all in theaters? Yes. I saw every you single see- one in, in theaters. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Next. I think I did. I think I did too. I think I might've missed like one random one in there, uh, in a, in a Halloween, but, um, I saw them all within the first year they came out and most of them in theaters. Preston. I have seen only saw one through five. Okay. And I haven't seen the other ones. Oh, wow. Nice. Yep. Dude, that's so, actually a good good choice. So, I mean, it, it's not a bad choice. Five mm-mm. is good. Or four, five. Five is the good one, right, Tyler? They all blend together for me. Yeah, they do. I have no idea which one. Actually, once you get past, like, the first two or three, I think six right. is really good. Like, I okay. think that actually brought it back to a little bit of relevancy um, for it to just dip back off after that. But, uh, yeah, six right. is really good and it's actually very highly regarded among the series, among fans. So, um, but yeah, uh, they, they are varying degrees of quality. Like, I mean, it's, it's like a fucking roller coaster, like going up and down, you know, from, from entry to entry. Here's what they make me think of. Um, I, so I had only seen the first three, in theaters and then i just dropped off saw one blew my mind i love it it's great class instant classic i love it um saw two and three are cool but and then when i started watching the other ones they i watched them two years ago for whatever reason and they yeah we watched them like a tv show kind of that's kind of how they felt they're short they're like under 90 minutes but the thing is is what they really felt like to me was like a made for showtime movie like that's what they feel like a really trashy made for showtime and it's fun for that you know and i think they 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 lean into that and they're entertaining a lot you know in a lot of ways but also you know the the gore and stuff whatever um this new one i'm kind of kind of confused on how i feel about the gore so i'm kind of anxious to talk about that yeah, with you guys. But I think that turn turns a lot of people away that are not you know, diehard horror fans. I was looking up the the movies ranked um, based on the Rotten Tomato score. Saw one has fifty percent, and that's number one. The first one at fifty. The second, uh, the sixth one's at forty percent, and then Spiral's third place with thirty seven percent. So all of them are below fifty percent, <laughs> ranging from ten percent to fifty. <laughs> well, I mean, they're definitely not. The thing is, is you just kind of have to figure out what they're going for. You yep, know? exactly. I mean, 
and they're not you know they're, they're i mean there are pretty shitty people getting tortured it's not like True. monica potter is in the middle of like a saw trap or anything like that you know it, you know no. these people are bad and yep. you know so it's i mean bad to a certain extent it's funny how they really bend that in this one yeah they bit, do but they definitely do yeah i just i'm i'm much more of a fan in like the first like probably probably one and two is 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 really the only ones like this like they really lean into like the crime thriller aspect a lot more mm-hmm. than the actual like traps and the gore and that's kind of what i like because like in the first movie like i think like outside of like amanda's full scene you know with the bear trap or whatever like they only hint at like other traps you know like the barbed wire the like guy getting you know barbecued you know you know with the flaming stuff on his on his skin and i don't know like i i kind of appreciate that a little bit more than like just actual just showing bodies like getting ripped apart and ripped open but Mm -hmm. i mean that's just me (laughs) um let's kick off with i guess how this kind kind of came about this was um i guess it would be about 18 months ago um or no, actually two years ago now when it was announced. And I think we were all kind of taken aback because it was like Chris Rock was going to be um, starring and producing and Samuel Jackson was going to be involved. And I think it definitely took a lot of people like off guard seeing uh, Chris Rock in, uh, in a lead role in a horror film. And then we were all excited for it. It was going to come out in May 2020. And then they kicked it back a year, which is kind of where, where we're all seeing it now. But um, yeah, definitely kind of interesting lead up to there. I don't know if you guys want to talk about the plot briefly before we go into thoughts on it. I want to kind of talk about Chris Rock for a second. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay. I love Chris Rock. Okay. Bigger than blacker. It was an amazing life changing out al- comedy album that I heard. Okay. He's cool. I love him. Dogma, the whole thing, his early two thousands movies. This is crazy. Um, that, that he was doing this. I thought it was pretty wild. Um, he did a movie called top five. I'll recommend. It's pretty good. Pretty solid movie. I really liked it. It's really smart. So I was like, okay, so he's trying to move into something, maybe kind of mix high and low art with saw and maybe make it something a little more elevated that general audiences can enjoy. I would also but recommend down it- to earth. I, hey, I like Down to Earth too, man. That's the one that <laughs> I too. saw all the time. Um, I like that one. Head of State, not so much, but Down to Earth, very good. Um, and you know, it, like there was like this big story that Chris Rock like went into this pitch meeting, and he wowed the executives with this really crazy head spinning story about Saw, and like that was the story behind it. But really, what I found out was he was just at a wedding with a, like a, a Lionsgate exec. And he was like, yeah, I could do that. That would be cool. And then that's kind of how it got started. So it wasn't as glamorous as I thought. Yep. And then we saw the teaser that we talked about during the pandemic. And Good during that, we were like, the teaser was sick. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is going to be cool. You know, Chris Rock is back. And then the the actual trailer came out. And I think we all just kind of like had a big like softball whiff you know yep. that's what we kind of felt that, that was a great teaser though to show you like it was a great ba- based teaser. on what the trailer was and what the movie was not not that it's a bad movie i didn't like it but that teaser was like man this is gonna be like elevated this is gonna be like a detective story this is gonna like you know piece everything together and be different but um definitely hell of a teaser trailer what did you guys think about last little point on chris rock what did you guys think about him uh doing his stand-up material for the first 30 minutes of the movie 
I, I think I like that. I think I like yeah. half of it, and, and the crowd was reacting to half of yeah. it. But he had some like ones that didn't hit at all. Like he literally said a joke, and no one even said anything or la- didn't laugh at all in the theater. So there was some that were just kind of you know lame. But I thought overall it was uh, you know good to oh. utilize his talent, not just be like I'm a serious actor. I'm not going to do anything like I'm I'm funny. So I think it was hit or miss, but some of it was funny, and I liked. I think it got kind of old for me. That Forrest Gump sequel joke that he made, I was like, dude, there's literally a novel. Like, there's a sequel to Forrest Gump. Like, it's just not a movie. So I was like, dude, come on. You're smarter <laughs> than this, Chris Rock. Um. So anyway, the, I, I don't know. I have my issues with Forrest Gump, but I, I kind of took umbrage with his points. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of annoyed with his uh, woke jokes that he was making where he said that, uh, well, you can't call them retarded oh or, yeah and all that it, it, it it's definitely because i've heard him comment on and a lot of other comedians comment on how difficult it is to do comedy nowadays um and so i just felt like he it, it was a bit desperate that he was trying to show that hey like i'm above this a little bit or you can be friends with me because i'm because i know all this kind of thing yeah th- th- that stuff didn't hit at all in the theater that was just like what are you doing? <laughs> well, I mean, in a in a way, I think he was trying to maybe like you know not head straight into the horror and and you know kind of break the ice you know with a few you know stand up jokes here and there. But but yeah, I mean, some worked, some didn't. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we know what we're getting with Chris Rock. Like, we're not going to get a straight you know protagonist. Like, we're going to uh, you know get some hints of comedy mixed in throughout. I mean, you know, we knew that when it was announced that. You know, he was attached to the project, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. Like when I saw the first teaser, I was, I was psyched for it. Like, I was just like, man, this is going to take it into like a brand new direction. Like this might even make it like a little more polished and a little more like, you know, respectable, you know, because like, I mean, let's be real guys toward the end, the saw series was very low brow. Like mm-hmm. you didn't go see saw 3d unless like you were a fucking super fan of the series. <laughs> but I felt like this film was actually, you know, trying to reach a wider audience and really trying to, you know, kind of make this series like relevant again. And, but, but yeah, like you said, Max, when we saw that full on trailer about two or three months ago, uh, all my hopes and dreams just, crumbled before my eyes like uh it was just the the tone was off uh it 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 wasn't what i wanted from the film but um you know i i know we're kind of shitting on the movie a little bit at the start but there actually are some good stuff you know with the movie uh you know throughout but uh, we'll get to that uh soon enough but uh but yeah as far as the actual storyline is concerned so uh this this film basically kind of you know, for Saw's like four through like seven, uh, it, it definitely had ties. I mean, even though Jigsaw died in, in part three, uh, you know, definitely Jigsaw was scattered, you know, throughout the films, his, his legacy, his past, uh, his apprentices, you know, all that kind of interwoven in this very complicated web. Um, and then even, even Jigsaw, uh, you know, even though it only had, you know, the character in it for, I think, 10 minutes or less, uh, it was still very connected to the original series. This film completely just blazes its own path. Like it basically, I think Jigsaw is only mentioned maybe like three or four times, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 
And John Kramer is literally shown in a newspaper clipping for like a blink and you'll miss it uh, shot. But, uh, you know, outside of that, like this film, you know, takes place 10 years, you know, canon after the events uh, of the series. And so it's really trying to do something different here. And it's really trying to focus on the police force. Like I know the original Saw series, you know, was interwoven like, you know, with, you know, detectives and, you know, officers, you know, trying to figure out, you know, uh, exactly like what was going on in each movie. But like this one really like makes you, you know, it's the, the, the police are, are the main character. Like, I mean, they, they're the ones getting targeted. They're the ones who, you know, are, are, you know, going through this film and being picked off. And so, you know, I think that's just kind of a little, you know, different, you know, direction that they were trying to take it in it. And it, you know, I think that part works. I really do. Like, I think, uh, you know, dealing with the ins and outs of, of that police department, uh, was interesting at times. What do you guys think? Um, I don't really think the movie went into a new direction like I was hoping. In terms of just the plotting and the story, you know, it stayed centric on cops, like you said, and that was cool. I was expecting that to happen. But, I mean, ultimately, the Saul movies aren't necessarily smart or anything like that, but they are surprising at the end. You know how it's, it it's feels definitely the vigilante like an, justice, right? That's, that's yeah. the main point of it is almost like a Dexter on, on steroids. Sure. A different time, but we're going to give you like a half percent chance of being able to get out with this. If you completely mutilate yourself and you'll probably die bleeding out anyways, but you know, there's technically some odds of, uh, of surviving it, but it's mostly just to punish people that whoever that, that character is sees as, as wrongdoing. Right. Because we're not watching these movies to like, for us to have like some sort of like satisfaction of justice, you know, that's what this movie kind of wants us to believe. And so that's kind of my problem with what you're, you know, with the cop stuff in the movie. Can we talk about the voice first? Yes. Because <clears throat> saw the voice of jigsaw, the voice of the, the little marionette, the character, that's like the best part of it. Like even in those bad ones, that voice is cool. Everyone knows that we have it on the intro music for, for our podcast. And I think we talked about it on a previous one that we were hoping like, like they can't have screen tested that it sounds horrible. It sounds, it does not sound good at all. And it was a bad choice to switch it over. Like if you want to make it seem like it's a jigsaw copycat, why not use the same voice? Why do you have to use like a high pitched odd, like different, more kind of a computerish voice. I don't know. That was, that was a big, that knocked it down. Like, I think a whole like half star for me, just the voice. <laughs> Maybe, uh, who directed up the, the Pixar movie, like with the, the bad dogs who get, Oh the, yeah. The bad voices that don't match. I think it was, it's probably, their... it's probably that, that one guy that directs all the Pixar ones. I think right? it's, I think it's Pete Brad Doctor. bird or uh, Pete. Pete Doctor. Or, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pete Doctor. Yeah. Pete Doctor. <laughs> Bob. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I didn't like it at all. It was just really, uh, kind of jarring more than anything, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. You would think that like a killer now could modulate a voice to sound like John Kramer or just use John Kramer's, you know, I don't know. I mean, he's got, he's got editing skills. Right. If he can put a glitch effect on his video that he's showing to his victims to do all that. He has to be able to do something a little bit right. more creative. The jigsaw videos were uh, really produced well. <laughs> yeah. 
Some yeah. good shots and stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean, it it really did sound like every every generic like voice in like any crime thriller, like when the killer is calling the cops or the or the victims <laughs> or whatever. It it literally Ooh. was from every single like you know mid nineties to you know early two thousands like thriller of like someone calling and saying like I have your son, you know type <laughs> type voice, you know like it yeah. it, it, it it didn't differentiate. It didn't differentiate itself at all, and they would have just been much better off just keeping the original voice. Absolutely. Or, or casting Ted Levine. There you go. Which, which <laughs> you know what would have been ten times better. It like, would have been amazing. You know, Candy have, Cane. Yeah, Rusty Nail, baby. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Coming back. Be great. Um, let's, that would, uh, legit would have been awesome. But. For those who haven't seen it, since this is a newer one and one that's not on HBO Max, so some people might be waiting, let's uh, just touch on the plot. Um, it kind of starts on 4th of July. There's a cop who's at a, um, a carnival festival who finds himself, uh, gets himself into a trap that that's that's pretty gruesome. Definitely the most escapable one of the bunch. I think Tyler and I were like whispering in the theater like, just like kick, kick the thing out and just do it. Like that's the rest of them. Uh, I feel like are a lot more uh, difficult to get out, but, um, he gets killed. Uh, you have Chris rock as a detective who has a new partner who's hated on in the police precinct because he had uh, snitched on a, uh, fellow cop for, for a bad deed for, for a crime. Um, and so kind of what we do is we go on this journey with him and the new detective as they're trying to figure out the case, he's able to get the case. And then a big piece of it is his dad was the previous police chief. So like you guys mentioned, there's a lot about, um, you know, police doing things that are bad. I think it's mostly from the past about 15 years ago, but they all still seem to be, you know, pretty sketchy police officers, except especially that first one. I think it was, um, I think it was Fitch. He was definitely like scumbag. He's wearing like a white undershirt with his like f- sweaty with his whole like shirt off pretty much. So, uh, but it's just kind of this story about him trying to figure out what's happening. There's lots of uh, red herrings, but I think, you know, one of my gripes with it is in the previous Saw movies, you literally had no idea who it was after Jigsaw. Um, you know, when once he died, it was like really random. Is it someone in the game? You know, what's happening here? Where this one, there just wasn't enough options for who it could be. There was a, a previous detective, Red Herring. There's a couple other ones, you know, obviously not get too much into it with spoilers, but um, I just felt like there wasn't that many options as to who the person would be. Uh, and, and Tyler and I, and I know we texted about it too. I think we we're like 30, 40 minutes in and guessed who it was. And then when they had follow-up scenes to it, we're like, okay, yep, th- this is going to happen. And then this is what happened here. So I think that was my biggest negative on it. If I didn't know who the killer was and the ending might've been done a little differently, I think it could have been, you know, up there is maybe even my second favorite in, in the series, but um, just kind of a little, you know, nitpicks here and there and, and things that, that knocked it down and took it away from me. Yeah, I mean, one of the main things that I love about the Saw series is you know that in the last five minutes, like that theme is going to kick in, like out of the background, and something shocking is going to happen. And most and they of the, play all the old tidbits yeah, too. <laughs> and and like most of the time, like you know, even though these aren't the best written movies, like you know, the the always the the shot conclusion. I really didn't see coming a lot of times, like especially mm-hmm. for on the on the first few, like it it kind of caught me off guard, and I always appreciated that because I mean even though we're not dealing with the most highbrow of cinema here, like that kind of shock like gut punch you get at the end of every Saw movie is kind of what makes it fun, you know, like 
you know, something comes out of complete left field that you didn't see coming. But this film uh, was very predictable. I mean, probably the most predictable film in the entire series. Uh, I'm not going to give away uh, who it is or, you know, what the intentions were. But, uh, yeah, I I guessed at like 30 minutes in, I think, and then knew from that point on. So, uh, yeah, definitely something that I, I didn't really like uh, about the film. Yeah, it didn't feel very shocking. Like when it happened and the the credits come up, it felt anticlimactic. It really to did, me. Mm-hmm. especially with that ending. I think we talked about it too. It's like, you know, you're 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 waiting for like maybe five minutes more, or maybe even throw in a happy ending. I know Saw usually doesn't do that, but with the conclusion on this, we were talking on the car ride back. Like, where do you go from here? Can you have a a, a cop killing only? saw sequel i don't think so so i think it definitely has to be a standalone or a big pivot as as to what happens there because you can't just have a you know saw movie where you just go by killing bad cops the whole time i don't think that'd really work kind of how i feel about it is what tyler was saying about the last five minutes of the movie whenever the the theme kicks in but what's crazy about it it's all these different webs that they're calling from throughout the movie and they come together in a way that's kind of ridiculous and hyperbolic completely but somehow and from my memory worked and I was shocked a few times um, and they were really fun and I, they're memorable. They all kind of bleed together, but th- this just doesn't have that and the predictability. And if you, which we'll talk about in spoilers, but like some things that also give it away. If you're just a film fan in general, it, you know, you can kind of pick up on, but you know, I, you know, people are really railing on this movie for trying to have some sort of, message and I, I don't really think it does too much i think it's just showing you dishonest people and what what can happen karma's a bitch kind of thing mm-hmm. um, but i don't really think it's trying to have a certain point to it but all of it felt anticlimactic and i was kind of shocked by it i don't know how it happened i don't know if the star power maybe got into the way creatively because this director directed two really good saw movies three 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 Four, so now, so now three, now three, so now, 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 four. now four. Okay, yeah, now okay. Four. So I was just thinking two and three, but even so, those are really memorable. And that dude's gonna be able to. I mean, good for him getting this job, but like he's gonna be able to make money off those for the rest of his life, I would assume. But you know, he the last movie that Darren Lynn Boosman directed was this movie called The Death of Me. I watched with Maggie Q, and I think a Hemsworth brother, a random Hemsworth brother. <laughs> Um, there are so many, it was, right? <laughs> there's three or four, I think. Um, but it wasn't Luke or, or it wasn't, I think it was Luke actually. It wasn't, yeah, it was Luke. It was Luke, the guy that's in, uh, Ragnarok for a second. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't good. So I was kind of like, oh shit. And I watched this like last summer, I got a Blu-ray copy of it and reviewed it or something. And so I was really like, uh oh. And so that's when I started kind of smelling, something and that was a Lionsgate film as well so so my thing is is like you know as a filmmaker could he have had so much more control you know with two and three but maybe having Sam Jackson maybe having having certain stipulations with his scene yep uh his scenes you know he kind of gets a little Lakeview Terrace vibes going on in this movie mm-hmm. but uh, which I like <laughs> like I was like yes this is horrible um but you know he he brings it it was cool but um tales of halloween's really good also tales of halloween i haven't even heard of that movie did he direct that 
Yeah, the 2015 one. It's I mean, it's funny. I've seen Darren Lynn Boosman at conventions, and he's got the saw puppet with him all the time. He seems cool. Oh, nice. So, so yeah, I mean, dude, props to him. I, I, I dig him. It's just like a little, you know, it's a little disappointing. I just thought it was going to be something much more of a punch. So I don't know if Chris Rock had his own ideas as executive producer. Probably had a lot of clout in that arena. And it kind of felt really leaning more towards him, like looking, making him look a certain way. Um, and that was a little apparent. And I think, I don't know. I thought that was kind of beneath Chris Rock a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, so that was kind of my issues with it because, you know, you get this idea that it's going to mix high and low art and that's fine if it can do that well, but I'm not expecting it to. I'd rather just at the very least, just be a good saw movie or be a good shocking crime movie at the very least, you know? So yeah, That's Josh, kind of Josh Stolberg uh, wrote wrote this one. I think he had a writing partner, but he wrote Jigsaw too, uh, or Jigsaw from 2017. And then he also has some some duds in there too. Good luck, Chuck. Piranha Three Double D, Hungover Games, like a parody on The Hangover. So there's some uh, you know hit or hit or miss. I ones like there. Good Luck, Chuck. Me too. Good luck, I Chuck's kid. And uh, Sorority Row uh, 2009 was was you know something. So I never saw that one. Good luck, Chuck is the one with the penguins, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rom-com. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Dane and mm-hmm. Jessica. Yeah, that was like Dane at his peak in 2007, too. Yeah. Hey, speaking of... Hold on. We're going to go on a quick digression here. Hold on. Uh, My Best it. Friend's Girl with Dane Cook is a solid movie, too. I really like that one with him, Jason Biggs, and Kate Hudson. It's really funny. has a good soundtrack. It's got like some Tom Petty in it. It's got like the cars on the soundtrack. Really solid, funny movie. Uh, so anyway, G- Jesus H. Crust yeah. is the pizza joint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. I, I like like Dane Cook's first four stand-ups before he started just doing the same thing for the next like you know decade. But the first four, when he was the first time you heard him do the jokes, too, were pretty fun. I know he was like you know up there with with stand-up comedians. So Tyler will still text me. It was a Wednesday. <laughs> it was a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and it still makes me laugh every it damn time. It still makes me laugh. We've been doing that since we were like eighteen years old. Anyway, I know. so uh, so yeah. Anyway, Dane Cook, whatever. I don't. <laughs> whatever, Mr. Brooks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mr. Brooks. He pisses himself in that movie. I like Mr. Brooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. Brooks is good. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's digress from Dane Cook. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and go to uh, one of the stars of the movie, Sam Jackson. Uh, I actually thought that his his role would be a lot bigger in this. Uh, he's literally in three scenes, uh, I think. Um, you know, from the previews, it, it definitely made it sound like he was a much more integral part of the story. Uh, yeah. When in fact that uh, he was just kind of uh, there to, uh, you know, give Chris Rock a little more depth, but. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he, he does what he always does. You know, he, he chews the scenery, you know, he, you know, has his, uh, you know, motherfucker attitude, uh, that he always has. Um, but, uh, I mean, he's, he's okay. in you know what he's in. Yeah. It was just interesting. I feel like they should have had that scene where he kind of disappears from it happened later on. Cause it literally happens like in the beginning of the movie and then he's, I guess, you know, whatever captured that whole time. So that was kind of random because he disappears and you're just like waiting and waiting for him to pop up. And Chris Rock's like back at his house and like food gets delivered and he doesn't like immediately like ring the ring the alarm there. I think I would if I was like at my dad's apartment and food got delivered and he wasn't there and I couldn't get a hold of him. So (laughs) (laughs) especially being a previous police chief. Let's just say that Christopher Lloyd 
totally outshine Samuel Jackson for the broken down dad role of the year. Have you guys seen Nobody? Nobody. <clears throat> yep. Tyler Max. Oh my God, no. Christopher Lloyd is in Nobody. Oh man, he's aces too. Um, so anyway, but I mean the the thing is with Sam Jackson, what I hate to think about is like okay, the movie this movie's budget is probably like twenty million. Let's just say twenty five. Exactly. You know, Chris Rock's taking a big cut, probably. You know, he's got his producing credit, his team. Sam Jackson, okay. He's 70-something years old. He has worked his ass off for Captain Marvel, and for especially for Kong Skull Island. That was a huge role, probably really demanding. He probably got paid a shit ton of money for that because it was a big Warner Brothers movie. You know, this they're not paying him. So he's just doing it to hang out with Chris Rock, you know? Yeah. And so he that's why he's only... So you have to think... What sucks about it is, like, think about it. Like, he's just a dude, too. He wants to go home and chill, too. You know, so, I, you know, and he's got, so that's, what's kind of a bummer is like knowing that and thinking through those things. And maybe that kind of ruins the magic of the movie, but I couldn't help but think that, you know, cause he, he, he doesn't lean into the Lakeview Terrace stuff as much as I would want him to in a couple of scenes. Like, you know, there's the one where he says, your face is on my property. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, was, that was pretty good. Yep. Uh, and the, then his the, end the scene, scene was demanding. Talking to the cops but, too. Yeah, but it was all kind of benign and it didn't mm-hmm. really have a sense of menace or intrigue or a looming presence over the film, which is a is a damn shame. And Same so that's why I'm son. thinking about those things. Yeah, you don't it feels disconnected, man. I don't buy that. Is so, you know, it just seems so obvious in that way, like, oh of course Sam Jackson's his dad. Okay, you know. It just doesn't seem it just wasn't that interesting. That's no. just what it comes down to. Yeah. Um do you guys watch Handmaid's Tale? With Max Minghella? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, his character, when he first comes on as a detective, like, totally reminds me of, like, the first few seasons of that where he he plays, like, a driver and, and security guard, and he's, uh, you know, for, for one of the houses. And yeah. um, definitely reminds me of just kind of, like, a throwback to that character where he's, you know, I'm all into hell, but, you know, um, it's, it's kind of a hard character to talk about. <laughs> my, uh, my wife... Uh, well, Erica, she watches Handmaid's Tale, and so I know all about that. She was talking about him yep. um, in the movie yesterday. So should we get into spoilers with this thing? Please? I think we have to. Well, well, first, before we talk about spoilers, let's talk about the traps real quick and like how they oh, compare yeah, yeah, yeah. to like, okay, okay, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other, yeah. other Saw films. But uh, yeah, um, you know, there aren't a ton in this movie. Like, I, I think there are only like five total, I think. Like, I mean... I, I think other Saw movies have like eight, nine, ten uh, in the film, but like this one doesn't have quite as many. I mean, but I feel like, you know, it does, you know, the best with what, you know, uh, it has. Like, uh, you know, the 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 first one uh, that Max kind of went into wasn't that memorable, but uh, there's one uh, where a detective is in kind of this like bathtub type thing and he has uh, things on his fingers <laughs> that slowly like that get one? pulled uh, as kind of a uh, horrible uh, uh, Chinese finger trap type uh, yep. deal. But uh, that one was fucking uh, just brutal. Um, and I I think that's the best trap in, in the movie, uh, personally. Uh, you know, it just gets under your skin. But... Uh, yeah, it was long too. They had like his hand getting ripped off for like, you know, solid like two minutes in there. And the worst part is he had to make it happen by biting down on the bars. It wasn't just like, you know, natural, like let's just let it happen. And he had to be um, involved in it. But yeah, you're right about the traps. I mean, when you're watching it, 
it felt like enough because it was a 90 minute movie, but the first one was kind of over and over and done. And then you have uh, two of them uh, that are part of the, part of the finale. Um, I guess the, the hot, hot wax one was, would seem like that one had no chance of getting out either. It was like you're getting hot wax poured on your face, and you have to sever your spinal cord with a with oh. a blade behind you to get it to stop. So you're gonna, you know, maybe bleed out and be paralyzed. So you have to assume someone's gonna come down there to help you. So that's a that's definitely a tough one and not the best one, but pretty gruesome. That was my favorite one. <laughs> that's yeah, brutal. It was cool. Uh, only when we, we we'll talk about the last one in spoilers, but the glass grinder one was interesting. I like how they use oh. kind of like a throwback there to. Um, mm. They always have hints of things, right? Uh, like it's all it's all about the verbiage if you're listening to the tape. So that 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 piece of it was uh, you know interesting, but that one didn't seem like you had much of a chance of stopping either. We need to go into spoilers because I have big issues with the glass grinding one. All right, let's do it. Hey, hang on. Before you go to that, how did y'all feel about the style of the tra- the way that they shot the traps? Because from my understanding, it takes it back. Like Jigsaw went in a different direction from the way that they shot the trap sequences. And this one brought it back mm-hmm. to what the the series was doing with the, the flashy kind of playing with the frame rate and very quick cuts, it things de- like that. Yeah, I always thought the first couple of movies almost felt like a Marilyn Manson video <laughs> like yeah. when it came yeah. down to like the traps, like uh, that kind of hard rock in the background. And, and yeah, like either the, the speeding up or slowing down uh, of the traps. And yeah, I, I, I think I actually caught that uh, around like the second or third trap. I was like, you know, this definitely feels more akin to the first couple saws uh, rather than yeah. what we got uh, in the last few. Uh, and that was just kind of like, you know, straight up, just like we're going to show these people getting fucking tortured uh, and yeah. not really bring any substance to it. So, yeah, I I, the, I I definitely feel that. They use that style in a couple of shots with Chris Rock too, like after the scenes where he was in, where he's like yelling in his car and like slamming it, where they like speed it up so his head looked like it was kind of mm-hmm. like going on, on hyperspeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they... Uh, w- that that's an that's a really interesting thing to think about because in Jigsaw just that movie's look overall is more pristine like it's yep. really it's crisp yeah very it's a, crisp it's a it's a really crisp movie and it looks good on 4K and everything like that but with this one you really see that graininess and they and they do they I like the way that it's shot because it does look like it's from 10 12 13 years ago the way the movie looks yeah and i appreciate that and they and they get that look and that's what you want to feel so so they do do that and that's something that i am realizing more that i appreciate like now thinking about that because the way the traps are i mean it, it looks like it looks like how it always has with that it's tight it's close up not quite paul greengrass but you know a little more t- intelligible than that like you can kind of see what's going on you know what's going on um, you could, with the first one, not so much. I think that's the worst one. Um, I think that, that cold open is really, um, stop. It, it's, it's a little too much to kind of just throw you in. And I didn't really know what was happening and I didn't really think it was very compelling, um, either, but you know, the aesthetic of the movie is, is, is good. And, um, I will say this. I also feel like in this film, uh, the traps kind of got, like a little back to basics almost like I felt like 
starting at about like saw four or five, like these traps like had to be constructed by like a PhD in like engineering type stuff. Like they were like so intricate that like they're almost impossible to make type thing. And you're just kind of rolling your eyes going like, I don't know, like this doesn't seem very, very realistic or, or, or feasible, but uh, you know, I feel like these were kind of more basic and kind of just uh, you know, just kind of back to the, you know, basics of kind of what the original saw was going for. Um, you know, so I kind of appreciated that too. I had uh, two questions for you guys before we go into spoilers. One uh, more for Cole, because Cole and I have talked about this quite a bit with movies that have played with um, like It Follows. You don't know exactly what time period it exists in. This one kind of plays with that. The very beginning, the cop has like a noir type of detective Mm -hmm. hat. And then we get into Chris Rock, his car. But then there are certain things about it that kind of play with the newness, um, the constant rap music that they play over the action sequences and things like that. So I'm curious what y'all's guys' thoughts are on the feeling of it trying to exist in this place that does not have a timeline whatsoever. I like when movies do that. I think you said a good one. It follows because they have that, that clamshell phone, but then you don't really know anything else. Obviously this one, the phones give it away because they're like iPhone 12s that they have. But besides that piece, and like you mentioned the, the music and a couple of the cars, it's like he drives a, you know, a classic car, um, and nothing about it really, you know, makes it, uh, is set in a specific time period. I mean, I, if I had to guess without the phones and stuff, it looks like a, like a late nineties, um, uh, time style, but I, I like how they do that. I think it's better than just all new, but you're right. You have that. And then the, the music, especially at the beginning, I think like the first two scenes at the beginning, they have tons of like, you know, cool rap music. So that definitely throws it off too, with kind of, you need more of a timeless score with it. If you want to really go for that vibe. Well, the second you start yeah. putting in like the the real world stuff, other than the iPhones, because like so many filmmakers will talk about like, you know, pre iPhone movies and post iPhone movies, you know, and so they, of course yeah. they introduce it, but but that's it, you know. It, the second you start introducing in like more stuff with the internet and social media and this and that, then they just start having like, no pun intended, a spiral. Okay, yes, pun intended, a spiral <laughs> of. You know, whatever, you know, of and it, it just gets to the point where it's like, what are we doing here? So I think it's smart to go that route and to give your audience that, you know, to be able to slip into a different headspace because you really can slip into a different headspace. When he's in that car, you can. I go back to Denzel and Training Day. Not quite as yep. good, but that's yep. what he's going for, you know, and who doesn't love that? You know, I'm fine with that to a certain extent. So, so that's cool, you know, especially the way that we meet Zeke. Um, at the beginning of the movie, it's totally different than, you know, for the most part, you know, he's in the Mustang at the beginning and, you know, undercover and all of that stuff. And then this, it, it sets a mood and I, and I like his costuming too. I think it's cool. It's, it's consistent, you know, it's efficient. And I think it sets a character for him, um, as well as the time period. But you know, that's what you want with these movies. I mean, you want them to feel that aesthetic of, you know, the rainy streets of like eighties, like New York or something like that in a movie, you know, it just, it, it it's timeless. And I think that's you know what, what that costuming thought it reminded me of. I told Tyler too, in the theaters 
Will Smith and Bad Boys too. Like he had the bright mm-hmm. purple suits on. He had the, they really like did his did his character up. He's like the best dressed in it and definitely had, you know, uh, a, a kind of vibe where he was going for with the car and with the with the suits and being like, you know, outside of the norm, having his dad be um, the police chief and kind of being separated from from the rest of the police force in a way. Mm-hmm. I did like his comedy about the uh, some of the divorce stuff was funny, especially with that new guy coming in where he was like talking to him. Oh, was like, yeah. oh yeah, perfect. Like you decided to be a cop with a family, highest suicide rate, highest domestic <laughs> violence rate, highest divorce rate, um, which which is you know nice to actually highlight that because that's one of those things that you know you got to assume in these movies where you're like you're probably gonna die or get divorced or you know something you know horrible happened to you, which they kind of bring back around later. I love what he said when uh, he's talking about having marital problems. Like you can give your wife 600 Tuesdays, but they'll throw a fit over the three Saturdays that you don't give them. <laughs> yeah, yep. that was great. And he talks about everyone's killing people on the weekends or or, uh, or like holidays. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> what was your second one? I mean, it was kind of rolled in there. Okay. I, did, I did the music too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, when I first, I mean, saw uh you know how it was shot and the and the color gradient uh that it was going for uh i first thought 90s uh absolutely uh you know so i i guess just picking backing off of off of y'all's comments about just it being kind of a, a 90s vibe i i got that too but um so yeah let's uh let's roll into spoiler territory guys um so for those of you who are listening uh if you do not want to be uh, spoiled uh, with the newest Saw movie. Uh, you can fast forward uh, for the next five to ten minutes because we are going to dive deep into the ending and who the killer is and all that good stuff. So this is your final warning. Uh, spoilers lie ahead. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. Um, so we kind of touched on uh, how predictable uh this film was compared to a lot of others in the Saw series. Um, there are definitely some tropes uh, that, you know, as you kind of touched on Cole, a lot of uh, longtime film goers will instantly realize uh, number one uh, is Chris Rock uh, handing his phone to his partner. And that's just an immediate giveaway. Um, like and referencing Twilight in the process. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, what was um, that about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, that came out of left field, but uh, so that and uh, so let's just go ahead and, and just say it. Um, his new partner is the one behind it all. Uh, Max uh, Max Mangella is his name. Max Mangella. Min Mangella. Uh, the new cop. Uh, he's uh, he's the one who's behind all the games. Um, but uh, we get into why uh, later. But uh, but yeah, when when he takes uh, you know Chris Rock's phone, uh, that immediately threw up a red flag. Second, uh, when Chris Rock called him uh, randomly and uh, you know had a baby in the background, but we never saw the baby. I was like, that's second red flag. Uh, yep. Immediately. And then third of all, uh, and and probably the biggest one of all, uh, his death occurred off screen, which is a huge, huge uh, red right. flag in in any horror film. I mean, right? I mean, you know, go back to Scream. I mean, that's the first rule of you know Scream is, you know, don't 
don't trust what you don't see type type thing. But uh, and we didn't see the trap. I think we even talked about it too in the right. theater. I'm like, he probably tattooed the homeless guy. I literally said that yeah. too because that's the piece they use, and he has like he's clean cut except for this you know, one big tattoo of his quote unquote Charlie's name. Um, yeah. Charlie, um, on his forearm. And then I think the biggest one, which is like, all right, if you haven't caught on yet, here we go. We're giving it away is when, um, the new police chief gets the text message to go down to the cold case files and, you know, Chris rocks somewhere completely else. And randomly a guy in a, a pig mask had attacked a police officer as a diversion to kind of like say like, Oh no, like, you know, she's in danger. She's like, no, saw just attacked, you know, whatever, someone in the street, which is totally not his MO. So I think that was kind of the the last piece where you knew it was happening because that'd be so much more effective if he went through that last scene, uh, which we can talk about uh, with the, the first trap he encounters. And then the dude's just sitting there, you know, waiting for him and going through the, the last um, the, kind of the final piece. But what I was trying to figure out is, like he wanted him to help him catch all the dirty cops and he's like, yeah, agree to it and I'll save your dad. But I'm like, if you saved his dad and they all came in, what what are you like? Just going to like his dad's going to agree to that too, <laughs> his, which he's not even a part of. Like he'd have to say, Oh yeah, they both found me. I have no idea. You know what happened? Like that would never happen. So his kind of plot to what he wanted to do is punish all the bad cops and have Chris Rock pick him out and him, him kill him was, you know, kind of frustrating there because there was no good way out of that, um, without his dad dying. And it's not like you're going to have his dad die and then have him team up with you. So yeah. Sorry, I, I cut out. My uh, my internet lagged, so I didn't say anything. Oh. So I was like just kind of waiting on that to <laughs> to go. No, you're good. I mean, we, what else do you guys I mean? We can talk about when did you know, when did you pick up where you're like, all right, this is for sure him. Was it the cell phone scene or was it the the not seeing his death scene? Well, probably, so for me, I when I'm watching stuff like this, I'm not really ever trying to figure out. I'm just kind of vibing with the movie and yep. just watching it because I, I'm just I don't think that I'm smart enough to think about this stuff most of the time. But I do notice things. I'm not I'm not a bozo. So I mean, when he handed him his phone, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, that was just so. And so my thing of I'm always suspicious of Max Minghella on screen anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like him. I like him enough. Um, but Erica is the one that like got me wise when we were sitting there yesterday in our nice cozy recliner. Um, we sh- she figured it out, and you know, and the thing that I thought of then too has have you guys seen Art School Confidential? No. So it's solid movie. It's done by Terry Zweigoff, who did Bad Santa. Anyway, he's a totally a murderer freak in that movie. <laughs> it's really funny but uh it's a good movie i like it but uh and that's how he is kind of in this too you know kind of i don't know thoughtful and nice guy sweet but really just a murdering freak and so mm-hmm. um so th- I, that to me i was kind of like, okay you know that that and i'm just always suspicious of him when i see him in movies so it, it was a really limp limp ending um with all of that i i didn't really understand i mean you know, Sam Jackson really shoehorned into that finale in a way that, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, he said the, the human body has 1.5 gallons of blood. 
you know, he's going to lose it. I'm like, dude, if you use a, lose a liter of blood, you're going to die. Okay. Like, dude, like I, I just thought that was so ridiculous. All that blood. I don't know. I know that this isn't going for realism, but you know, as far as the thematic standpoint goes, I didn't really care that much about it because you know, the reveal that, you know, Chris Rock's old partner, you know, shot his dad and, you know, what's his name? Pete, Peter, or something like Pete. that. Pete, yeah. Pete. Um, but, um, yeah. And him being a kid, him telling him, Shh. you know, I, I think that's interesting enough, but I don't know. It just didn't have any sort of pull. I didn't feel it. I mean, that's, that's, what am I supposed to say? You know, Dirt, dirtiest police force ever to like the one guy literally shoots someone in the head for just talking crap to him. And then, oh, yeah. you know, this guy was going to ID a cop and he killed him. And you know, that's kind of the crux of the whole film, right? Was it's a dirty department. And so after his, um, partner had his dad killed, he, you know, decided to go all the way into law enforcement to sneak in there to, be able to to do this from from the inside but i think we were talking about it like the reasoning behind some of them was a little bit iffy like the first guy got killed because he lied on the witness stand which yeah is bad you're putting people behind jail but that's not really akin to like murdering someone or i think sam jackson was there just because you know they were under i think they said it was article eight Mm -hmm. and so he he was covering things up and the new um, police uh, chief was also covering things up. So they didn't really seem besides a few of them warrantable by death, like some of the other ones that you've seen in the past. So that was kind of um, a little bit all over the place there. That's what I was trying to kind of say, but yeah, well said it was very iffy. That's, mm-hmm. that's it right there. You nailed it. Uh, but I mean, I'd be pissed too. If somebody shot my dad, I mean, I, I fucking yeah. love, I fucking love my dad, dude. That would suck. <laughs> what did you think cops? about the, the uh, twist and ending Preston? Um, honestly, I just wasn't that the point in the movie where I just kind of laid down my cards was when the, the dialogue in the very beginning was very exposit exposition heavy and the, the acting and, uh, I just like Cole said, just was not compelled to really figure out what was going to go on with the rest of it so by the time all that rolled around i just was not invested in it at all so uh yeah none of it worked for me um there's there's only like a few lines here and there but i I feel like we're giving this movie more time than it than we should be (laughs) talking about it (laughs) um i think you were talking about how in some of the old saw movies they brought back all of those like aha lines and they tried to do that with him too where he's like your dad's what made me want to get into the police force. And I've been waiting for this since I was 12 years old. Like, oh, acting yeah, like it was de- detective yeah. work. Some of come those ones on. are just like put in there to, to be the aha on, on the backside of it. <laughs> and like so, him on his laptop with the baby noise. Like, I think everyone was like, you don't show your wife. They show everyone else's family. You talk about your wife and family and you're just like, ah, he's sleep training. Fuck him. <laughs> we even saw Chris Rock's wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even even though this is a very weak ass conclusion, uh, I think we can all agree with that. I will still give it props over the ending to Jigsaw. Like, talk about an I don't yeah, care sucks. ending. Like yeah. a total just like, okay, this random dude with a very like just like very like not fleshed out backstory whatsoever is your new apprentice for Jigsaw, and I'm just like. 
I don't give a fuck <laughs> about that whatsoever. Right. At least this guy like had had some motivation Motive. and yeah. and you know a, a little bit of passion over over why he was doing what he was doing. Um, but uh, yeah, still still not a good ending, not a good gut punch. You know, like we've gotten from previous Saw films. Uh, yeah, just very very anticlimactic. Um, you know, all around that last sting or two of like. Oh, cops always shoot first, ask questions later. And the the last bit was they pull Samuel L. Jackson back up after um, they like saw through a random trap that makes him drain blood again and then pull out uh, a gun that points at him through some oh, yeah. mechanism. But the thing I was shocked about, and we talked about this, was like the ending, like, I know directors try to do different things, but they legitimately just like cut it off like three minutes before any other movie would end. There's not like you know, and it goes straight to back to that rap music too. Like that's just kind of jarring. It's like, all right, he goes down the elevator, swats everywhere. Anyways, his dad gets murdered movie over like setting it up for a sequel, which I don't see a cop killing sauce sequel working. Like I almost would rather have him get killed or get caught or Chris rock save the day. Even I think would have been, um, you know, a better ending or at least have like some kind of like, you know, little wrap up that, that you typically see, but I get, I get why you do it. Right. You're trying to not do what every other movie does and, and, and make it one way. You're trying to, you know, do something different. But I was like, Damn, that's where the movie ended. Okay. Yeah, because you don't feel that that gut punch. You don't feel like, oh shit, man, his life is ooh. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, you do in some films. So, I, I want to talk about this glass trap before we end these spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. That was absurd. That was like producing way too much glass, and it was coming way too fast. It was like it was in like an F five twister or something like that. <laughs> I was like, no, dude. And like all a jet that glass. Turbine? Yeah, and all that glass he was taking, Chris Rock, you know, he had it all over his face, and like, dude, no, like, no. Yeah, you had. Plus, he didn't no. like him anyways, so he figured he would just let him get killed. But he even tried, and he figured out the thing pretty early right. on. But after after the second round of just humongous glass shards going two hundred miles an hour through yeah. his back, he's done. It was just he's way done. too much and way too accurate. So it was just like so much that's what was mm-hmm. ridiculous because they were big pe- i don't know it was just it seemed like they had like because it showed like two or three bottles falling at a time and like that would <laughs> suck and that's intense but like it was just i mean so much like i was like this is i don't know i just was very annoyed by that all right uh let's wrap up uh the spoiler talk and let's all give our kind of final thoughts uh and the ranking uh i guess that you would kind of stick this uh in your uh in your saw (laughs) canon but uh but yeah um i guess uh, i guess i'll lead us off so um while i do appreciate i guess the kind of uh you know direction that you know it was trying to go uh, ultimately, it's still kind of folded uh, under its its own, you know, kind of old tendencies, you know, of past Saw films and kind of the mistakes that it made. Um, you know, very, very kind of lazy writing uh, in in parts. Uh, I don't think the traps were anything to sneeze about, even though it kind of didn't enter in that torture porn territory that, you know, a lot of later Saw entries, you know, kind of had. But, uh, you know... It has a very impressive cast, which is kind of what is most disappointing to me. Like this is the best cast Saw film since like the first or second one. And, you know, they really don't have a lot to work with. Um, But, uh, you know, for the, you know, absolute downer of a conclusion, um, 
I would kind of put it right in the middle uh, of of the Saw rankings. Like, it's definitely not the worst film in the series by far. Uh, I think that belongs to a few other entries, but uh, you know, it's definitely not one of the best either. So, um, you know, it 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 kind of hangs out there in the middle for me. Yeah, that's. I think um, I talked about it when I reviewed it, but that's the biggest thing for me is it's lucky because there is so many bad saws. So immediately it's going to be better than 3d. It's going to be better than four and five and jigsaw. So I think you go saw one, two, three, and then, and then this one, uh, at the end of it for as much as, you know, as much grief as we gave the movie. Um, I think it was, was shot decently well. I think it was cool having somewhat of a different idea. Um, you know, obviously execution on it or, or working or not, but I did like the, the bigger budget. I liked some of the well-known actors. I like some of the back and forth, but I just think overall kind of like we talked about is the, the ending, the reasoning, the, some of the script uh, and dialogue that they have hold it back. But I definitely think you're, you know, far better off after watching uh, one, two, three, and maybe even in six in there. Uh, you know, this is one I would revisit more than, than half of them for sure. Um, okay. So for me, I would probably put, this in front of well no okay let's do this i would put one two three four five six spiral seven jigsaw all right okay dude i mean because like i'm not if i'm gonna Bottom watch third. one of i'm not just gonna be like you know what let me watch saw four i'm gonna want to watch like two three four or something like that you know yeah, I can see yeah. that. Or, or a few up because i want to you know it's like because it's like a tv show like that's how it kind of goes i would much rather watch like detective strom and Scott Patterson, like on, like trying to figure these things out, and then Coastless Mandalore, who's crazy, the villain for like three movies or something. What's the detective's name? What's his name? Tyler Hoffman. Hoffman, yes, Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Detective Hoffman. He's the ridiculous villain. He looks like he's just great. He just looks like some weird TV cop, and yeah, he's like the main Saw villain for three movies. So. Yeah, I would like that over this. I mean, that's way more interesting. The thing is, these Saw movies, they don't really need the star power. I know the first yeah. one has Danny Glover and Carrie Elwes and stuff, but, you know, they don't really need it. You know, they don't need it. So, that's it. That's all I got to say about this shit. <laughs> Preston? Uh, uh, well, like I mentioned at the top, I haven't seen enough of the franchise to really give a accurate or good ranking, but of what I've seen, it's probably in the middle to the, the bottom half of it. Um, yeah, I, I think what you guys said earlier about that first teaser that we got, this thing just had so much potential to be something cool, like a seven type of detective story. Exactly. And, uh, I, that's what it came down to for me as I was watching it. Um, I didn't luckily, I guess not luckily, I didn't see the the full trailer. So I just went in seeing that teaser a year ago and then just wanting to go into this, but I didn't hear good things about that, that, that full trailer that we got. Um, so I was still a little bit optimistic about it going into it and it's just right away. Um, with like what I had mentioned with the dialogue in some of the acting that it just immediately just started going further and further down. And I just don't think there was no point of turnaround for it. It really felt like everybody was just half ass in it, especially Chris rock to me. Like there's just some 
ways that he delivers lines that were really disappointing. Like it could have been very emotional moment for him. And, and I've seen him do great stuff. Like on Fargo, he was fantastic. And yeah. oddly enough, we we're talking about some of that, uh, the holding the shotgun and getting shot by the cops. Fargo does that Joyride, which we also had mentioned. Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah, didn't have a lot of original ideas there, which based off a lot of the buzz that was coming out of Chris Rock having this great vision for a Saw film, I was hanging on to that. And uh, yeah, just nothing uh, lived up to what it could have been. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, I was just really let down by it. Cole, you brought up a good point with the detective work and how that's a big part of it. Like thinking of what they actually did, all they did was react. They never like sought out any leads or any, the only lead they ever sought out was his old partner who obviously mm-hmm. was like this, you know, uh, cop that had been in jail and off the force and doesn't look like he'd have the wherewithal to set up these traps. Right. Other than that, it was boom, new video. Let's go see the scene. Have something crazy happen. Flashbacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, there was like not a ton of detective work, which I think like you said, living up to kind of that seven vibe where they could have, you know, had multiple suspects where they could have been doing some things differently or could have been more of like a de- dark detective, uh, or police procedural, but it was really just a reactive yeah. to, to the few kind of traps that we did have. This movie didn't have an identity. That's why I rank it so low. Is the the other ones they know what they are. They're they're basically just really really fucked up stupid police procedurals. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, uh, Cole and I have a, a very strong love for Alien Covenant and uh, <laughs> yeah. Prometheus. Yes, um, and that those are two movies that are very similar that have the formula the same formula that we've seen but you have a really great character in david and then you have some really fascinating themes like that ask these existential questions of like where we come from and so you can have the same formula and just like mess with things have a good character in there and it can work extremely well Maybe they try to go too big and it needs to be a more contained story. Like uh, I always say Deadpool, like Deadpool had um, it could have that opportunity to be a big superhero movie, but yet it just feels like it puts so much focus into the character and it and even the action sequences are not that big. Um, and so this could have done something similar where it could have felt more like an indie movie or a made by indie uh, storytelling, but, uh, yeah. So we're, we're, we're just repeating ourselves. Well, no, point. I think that's a great point. I think it's a great point. It's, it's I like cute, Prometheus it's a, too. <laughs> yeah, dude, those movies yeah. rule. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. will, uh, I will go to bat for Prometheus, uh, alien covenant. I'm not as fond of, but, uh, that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast episode. Oh, James Franco dying in the uh, hyperbaric chamber. That was classic. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, guys. Uh, you know, uh, if you're a fan of Saw, you know, you'll probably dig some parts of the movie, but uh, otherwise, uh, it's a pretty weak entry. But uh, yeah, go see it for yourself. You know, maybe you'll like it. But uh, yeah, um, we're going to let uh, Preston give his shouts out uh, to where uh, you can find him, uh, you know, on the on the socials and uh, on the interwebs. So uh, yeah, Preston, <laughs> let him Talk know. your shit. Yeah, you, can f- <laughs> you can find my writing on the Ditton Rucker Chronicle, which is dittonrc.com. 
and you can find uh, some of my other writing on freshfiction.tv where I'm the features editor. Um, right now, I'm just cutting together a lot of video interviews. So I just finished one for Shithouse. Um, so that one's going to run uh, to promote the physical release of Shithouse that uh, just came out today as of May 18th. And um, tomorrow, I'm going to be doing a video interview with Martin Sheen um, for 12 Mighty Orphans. Um, I think that's right. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just staying busy there. So you can find, uh, you can look up Fresh Fiction's YouTube channel and you can find some of my video interviews on there. Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram at Blu-ray Dad. Nice. I like the one you did uh, for Judas and Black Messiah. I watched that one. That was, that was a really cool one. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah that, I couldn't believe I got that one. They, <laughs> the star power <laughs> there, man. I was like, oh, man, he's talking to like everybody. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was a fun one. Very cool. Uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram, as always, at the.shape.1978. I posted yesterday. Uh, yeah, good job. I yeah. saw that. So, uh, <laughs> you know, let's keep this train rolling. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. We have an inside joke that Tyler's going to post when someone pays him to post, but he's got mm-hmm. to work on posting more first. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you can follow the the show at Scream Cinema Pod on uh, on Instagram or Twitter, and then uh, my personal handle is uh, at Screaming Cinema. And I just posted like eight posts today that I've been having a backlog on. I've been watching a lot of movies and you know writing reviews, and then just sitting on it because something else comes up. So uh, definitely catch that. And Cole changed his Instagram name. Yes, oh, he yeah, did. I did. Yeah, I sure did. I um, I felt like I needed something more reflective of the uh, podcast and to kind of blend them since I kind of was not using two Instagrams, there really three because I have my company Instagram too. But um, so it's, I, I'm on Instagram a lot. So anyway, whatever. I kind of went with the theme of this podcast. So I just changed it to Mr. Cinema Esquire. <laughs> love it, man. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um but yeah, guys, uh, next episode, we are going to tackle uh, A Quiet Place Part 2, which uh, I think we're all uh, a little more hopeful for uh, than, than this I've one. heard it's great. Yeah, how they I, already have reviews out on it, and it looks, you know, like I said, su- surprisingly good follow-up for, for missing, you know, John, John Krasinski besides the, uh, the setup on it because he definitely was a really compelling character. So I'm glad they're able to figure out a way to bring him back on the front Dude. end because – let, let's be real. The beginning of apocalypse movies is always the best and f- that they held that on to the second movie is awesome. That's literally my favorite part of like anything <laughs> is seeing the world go, go to shit. They could just keep going with it and tease little more pieces with John Krasinski yes. as to like what the hell happened. Yep. Yeah. Love you, it, man. You, but you tra- that'll be a good one. You traded in the office and got some peaky fucking blinders, right? <laughs> Isn't Cillian Murphy in this movie? Yes. Yep. Uh, no, I've heard it's great. I, I'm going to hopefully see it on Thursday, um, maybe Monday. I don't know. But in the next week, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, that movie, that first movie, is, it's really special. It, it makes me cry when I think about it. Like, it really, oh, like, me too. It makes same. me, like, emotional, like, thinking about yeah. it. Every same. time I think about that it movie. Is- it is it so much more than a horror film. Like it is, yeah. it is a family drama uh, through and through. Uh, especially if you have kids, uh, it'll hit you right in the fucking heart. Like every yeah, fucking time. But uh, can't wait. We'll, 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 do, a, we'll do a review of the first one too. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, cry yeah. on the podcast. 
Yeah, you just might. Uh, we all might. But uh, yeah, we can't wait forward to that new episode, yeah, guys. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, thank you for joining us uh, on this episode. Uh, like, comment, and subscribe uh, to uh, the podcast. Uh, share with uh, fellow horror fans uh, and friends alike. Uh, and drop us a review because we love to hear uh, about how we're doing. But in the meantime, uh, you guys stay safe and we will catch you later. Mm-hmm.